Welcome to Bay Books Podcast. I'm April Berry. And I'm Daisy Ray. This is the podcast where new authors bear all for their readers. Together, we're going to be finding our next favourite author. Fantastic. Isn't this exciting? This is our first episode. It's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. So what have we got coming up then in the, uh, in the first season? In today's episode, we are reviewing Carolyn Ward-Daniels and her book, Flint, which was so exciting. And what an amazing book to start on. I know, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I read it and read it and read it and I was gutted when it ran out. <laughs> yeah, I felt the same as well because I was, I have a thing about the ends of books. And I remember when I was a kid, I always used to read the end first. And if I didn't like the way it ended, I didn't read the book. <gasps> that is so really... cheating. I know, I was really, really, really weird. I kind of grew out of that as I, I got into my late teens. Uh, it had a lot to do with school and the books that they gave us to read at school. I didn't like it. Wow. Um, I, don't do that. I don't do that anymore. But yeah, I was reading this one. And when I got to the very end, I was like gutted that I knew I was coming to the end of it. it, was, it, it that story could have gone on and on and on. Absolutely loved it. There was room for a second novel, if you're listening, Carolyn. I think, I think well, no, you are right. There was so much more that she could, she could have explored in that. It was amazing. But anyway, we, we, I don't want to give too much of the plot away, but we'll kind of sort of talk no. about that. So who was your favourite character? In the beginning, it was Jed. But Jed is a character of two halves, as far as I'm concerned. Basically because I absolutely adored him and thought he was wonderful and his moral compass was solid and, and halfway through I'm like, really? You're that weak? No. And I just ended up really disappointed in him. So I have to say my favourite character in the whole book, even though it is not like the main character, was Uncle Benny. Yeah, he was, he was great, Uncle Benny. He'd got so many really, really good qualities caring loving nurturing went outside of his comfort zones for christopher it was just amazing i had so much respect for uncle benny you see my favorite character i think was christopher okay you kind of watched him really grow throughout the book a scallywag we'll use that <laughs> word when Not he much was his big brother <laughs> well no but he wasn't a scallywag was he really he was just thoroughly evil really but yeah, Christopher was a bit of a scallywag when he was younger, hiding money all over the place so that his big brother didn't take it off him, some of the things that he did. I think but that was turned, a damage limitation. But I think it was, yeah. But he turned out to be an amazing guy, even though he was only in his, his sort of, I wouldn't say in mid-teens, really, when the book ended. Um, yeah. he, he had a lot of compassion. You need to read the book to find out about Christopher. And, and why he turned out to be the way he was. You really do need to read the book. Carolyn did an amazing job with these characters and an amazing job, I think, with Christopher. Like I say, he was my favourite. They were real people. They were real people. They were amazing people. They came to life on the pages of the book. Yeah. Uh, the way that, that Carolyn described them, the, the words that she used, they absolutely just came to life on that book. You know, in terms of, I mean, I mean, we've both done a bit of a review that, that you'll hear a little bit later on. This would normally be the part of the episode where the writer themselves would pop on and talk to you. But times being what they are, and taking social distancing seriously, as we all should be, Carolyn prepared this for us to read to you on her behalf. Who knows? Maybe she would be a returning author one day and get to talk to you personally. In the meantime, though, 
we have this. Caroline has gone back to her mining community roots for furnishing her stunning second novel, Flint, with an explosive and unexpected plot. Although Caroline was initially inspired by a Jeffrey Archer television series, returning to her childhood brought the much-needed authenticity of location. Caroline explained. I had nursed the plot of Flint for many years after watching a TV series of Jeffrey Archer's called Cain and Abel. I wrote a plot in my head and began. What ended up on the page was so much more. I made lists and charts and did so much research, which I enjoyed, but I also wrote from experience of my childhood in the 1960s, living in a mining community. As well as her stunning historic debut novel, August, Carolyn has also written several short stories, as well as co-scripting a play for Radio Derby. Her latest offering is a fast-paced, gripping family saga that begins with lives being saved in a mining disaster, which will have an extraordinary impact on the future of many more. Set through the 1950s, 60s and 70s, Flint is a powerful story of greed, rivalry and loss. Carolyn added, Flint takes us from tin baths in front of the fire and homemade trolleys to mansions with swimming pools. It harks back to the sherbet fountains of my childhood and tells how turbulent and loving families can be and how different siblings turn out. Love, hate, heartbreak, spite and greed are in full measure and one thing is assured, whether you are rich or poor, grief hurts just as hard. Flint has already reached number 10 in Amazon's fiction charts. It has also been awarded a stream of five-star reviews. Carolyn's second novel has been described as one of those great stories, a cracking page turner and outstanding. For more details, visit Amazon and search for Carolyn Ward Daniels, where the paperback and Kindle formats of Flint are both available. Well, what can I say? I read Flint in less than two days. I was enthralled, frustrated and elated in equal parts. Absolutely thoroughly enjoyed the book all the way through. It did take a bit of getting used to at the first because it kind of jumps from era to era. However, once I realised how the story's interwove, it became part of the enjoyment of the read. Uh, Caroline's style of writing is easy, it flows and she captures the, nor the northern essence brilliantly. Her use of descriptive words painted a picture of the person in my mind, though it might not have been the way Caroline envisages them, but I guess that's the power of the words that she used. She wove the personalities of the characters into the book. It was absolutely brilliant. They kind of came alive, uh, invoking all sorts of feelings and emotions in me, some of pure hatred, some of elation, some of disappointment as well. The introduction of all the characters as well was done quite smoothly, but it kept you guessing uh, and re-evaluating your thoughts all the way through the book. I normally make up my mind uh, about people pretty quickly, and I kind of did this about the characters that I liked and disliked. Uh, so I was actually surprised when I found myself changing my views as the book progressed. I actually began to analyse their behaviour. Uh, my biggest puzzle uh, in the book was I couldn't understand why Christopher's parents behaved the way they did uh, in terms of John, uh, Waddy, and Christopher. But I absolutely all was revealed uh, as the book went on. I also analysed the behaviour of a lot of the other characters. Uh, the situation with Christine made me quite sad. She was a really nice person, very loyal. Made me look at Jed in a bit of a different light, to be honest. He is intrinsically good, for example, the way he deals with Artie, Peter, and also sort of encouraging Gloria 
uh, with her initial reluctance to get involved, uh, he manages to sort of motivate her to assist with his business ventures. Then the other side of him that behaved completely immorally, uh, leading him to actually lead a life that he never really wanted. But again, I did then think, was it his intrinsic goodness that led to the situation with his wife? So I suppose the goodness and the side of his character came out. But I did dislike him at that point. Began to like him again a bit later on. So in terms of the, uh, the main character of the book, lots of his personality came out really good. It was a brilliant read. It was well written. My only issue or criticism, if you, if you like, was that there was so much that could have been explored around the situations of the Kirks and the Waddingtons, who, after all, had a common bond. I never really liked Waddy, and I wasn't sad the way things turned out. He got his just desserts. I feel like the ending could have been drawn out a little bit more with more detail around the situation with Christopher and Tina. I felt like, as I was reading this book, I kind of didn't really want the book to end. Uh, all I can say is I'm looking forward to the next offering from Carolyn Ward-Daniels. Do you know, one of the things I think that makes Flint as real as it is, is I think it's because Carolyn's written it along her timeline. So she's drawing on all the facts and events that happened throughout her life. And it just makes it completely real because she's writing about what she knows, what she's lived. She's not making that up. She's creating a story yeah. around a solid lifestyle that people can relate to. Yeah. I just thought it was absolutely amazing. There isn't really expletives to, to, sort of, to sort of say anything else. It was absolutely amazing. These conversations are when we've had time to digest it, when we've thought about the characters, when we've discussed it between ourselves. And I have to say, this part of the process yeah. is fascinating. It's fascinating to think, well, maybe that person isn't what I thought they were. Maybe they're something else entirely. I just didn't see that or I didn't read that in the character or I didn't pick up on something because our interpretations of Jed were dead opposites for a while yeah because he was he was like the superhero of the book if you like but he actually wasn't no he wasn't he wasn't the superhero was christopher i think you think the superhero was benny i do and i can i can see where you're coming from I actually really can see where you're coming from on that mm. uh, and when you when you look at the th some of the things that he did and and some of the the way that he behaved he, he kind of was that superhero not all superheroes need a cloak i think they're really closely connected though because the love that benny had for christopher shaped how christopher grew up if uncle benny hadn't been there and it was just waddy and the parents that were more interested in waddy than christopher except i don't think that's the case i think there were reasons behind it which i can't go into right now so reading about it and upsetting myself I just don't do so I stick to not the fluffy stuff because I'm really not bothered about fluffy reading I don't read chick lit or anything like that um but I love my Stephen King's my Dean Koontz my Clive Barker's books of blood all of that sort of stuff I think it's all amazing none of it's ever going to happen in real life and I like it exactly like that so when we got Flint as our first book yeah, I read it because I like the author. I think she's amazing and talented and I'm in awe of the talent that she has and the research that she's put in and 
all of the things that she's done to put this book together. And then when I started reading it, it was like hooked, just like yeah. that. I am so amazed. Yeah. You see, it's the type of book that I like, not fact, but based on, on factual things that can happen. Whereas I can get lost in, in somebody else's life. Yeah. And I suppose, again, that's a little bit of escapism. So it's somebody else's life I'm reading about. However traumatic or tragic it might be, it's still, for me, a bit of an escape. Whereas all that blood and gore and, and things like that, things that you know are never going to happen to anybody. Yeah. But can be quite terrifying. That, for me, is terrifying. And that's what I don't really want to, to read. So absolutely like the kind of book that, that Carolyn's written and the, the, the kind of sort of structure and the and the, the the what it's based on yeah for me it was brilliant can't wait for the next one and there is so much scope for a next one there is. this is my take on flint by carolyn ward daniels so i'm recording this shortly after finishing flint as i want to try and convey the emotions of the reading along with the non-emotional side of it Carolyn Ward-Daniels breathed life into her characters and I was fully invested and believed in them. They were real people to me. All the way through the reading of this book, I was racing ahead and second-guessing what would be happening based on the characters of the very real people I was reading about. I can honestly say that I have rolled my eyes at Woody. I believe I even growled at him once or twice. I have called Grace a bitch out loud, I have sobbed over Christine and been a little in love and then so disappointed in Jed. I wanted to climb inside the book at times and have a word. I didn't guess who Mr Nobody was for ages because it just didn't fit how I thought the character would ever behave. He absolutely should not have been in that car. I can't tell you too much more because you totally need to read this yourself if you haven't already. I am so impatient for more. I have to say that I started reading this book with a critical eye and an open mind. I soon stopped noticing the very rare typo, which still happens with the big boys. I was so engrossed and lost in the moment. Also... I love how the story jumps between the two different time frames with only one obvious link, leaving you free to imagine all the other reasons that must be there. If I could make a suggestion to the author, I am in awe of the time and research and investment you must have made to create something like this. In all honesty though, I have like a 15 year time frame that needs filling in from the seaside side of things not to give too much away so the door is wide open for a follow-up novel and also i need the details of the bitch and her son's downfall there was a downfall right overall i quite liked it <laughs> i think early on in the book caroline gave you a little bit of an insight into jed's character because after the sort of opening part of the book which lays the foundation stone for the rest of the story. He kind of did a bunk, running away from the situation, and that's not what really you ought to be doing. Don't you think that was trauma, though? It frightened him that he almost died. I mean, I know he saved Nev and Joe, but put his own life at risk to do so, and it's tiny down there in the mines, and he's such a big bloke. 
it must have been so claustrophobic and to have yourself and your friends almost die wouldn't that give you like post-traumatic stress disorder or something and, and legitimately not want to go back down there in looking at in looking at that kind of thing in terms of, of jed and his, his actions was it you know yes nowadays you'd say that it was that but in those days you'd just say it was a damn coward the thing is i really wanted to love jed deep down inside jed he is he is intrinsically good as you say but i think there's also a massive part of jed that is basically led by the genitals a little bit weak oh that's well, where, where were his morals and his all good deeds when he was lusting after his boss's wife? Yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing is, I suppose you could look at it from another angle, that he was free to do as he wanted. Does that... Uh, I, I really don't like that philosophy. You can't say, like, for example... I didn't, no, I didn't say it was my philosophy. I just said that that's a different angle from looking at it. You know, he was free to do as he wanted. But so put them, somebody that isn't free to do as they want in an awkward position... Yeah, no, that's that's not right. No. Um, I think she captured working class life absolutely magnificently how it was in the 60s, because obviously I'm old enough to be able to remember that. Mm. Do you know what's really telling? Is the fact that we are sitting here discussing these people's characters as if they were real people, and not for one second have we said, this character wasn't written how I expected him to be written, we talk about them like they're actually people. Yeah, we are. I don't think he'd behave like that. And I don't think that person would do this like they were actually people. And it's nothing to do with the way that Carolyn wrote them. <laughs> That's weird. That's how much we... we believe in them. Yeah. And, and how much we kind of sort of believe in the book. And it's, it's telling, I think, that both of us have got, in terms of, of this, more or less the same sort of thoughts about this book. Yeah. Because when you think about me and you and the types of books that we read, they're absolutely not anything much in common. No, we have completely different tastes. We are, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm not into fantasy or macabre or... Yeah. I love that sort of stuff. I love delving deep into a character. You see, I'm, I'm, more of, I'm kind of more of the opposite because books that I read could actually happen. When, uh, when I was reading about the cars that, that John, that Waddy had as, yeah. as he started out and as, as he, he progressed through the book, the different types of automobiles and, and, yeah. and how it was all sort of linked to a bit of snobbery and he, he thought that, that his stance in life was linked to the type of car that he was driving. Well, he was a vile individual. I mean, I can't say a lot about him just because I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't read it yet. So you must read it soon. Because it is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And if anyone does read it after the fact, and they still want to have an opinion, if they're a good enough opinion, we may add it in at the beginning of the next episode before we embark on the next book. Yeah. yeah. We've got to think about our next podcast. Ooh, we do. And we have a new writer for our next episode. His name is Jerry and he's from Dublin and he writes under a pen name, Benedict O'Caffrey, and he's written a book called Sherlock Who. Okay. People that want to read it and follow along with the podcast. Okay, and I can't wait for that. Episode two will be released next week. You'll be able to get that on all your usual places where you find your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, where else do we find podcasts? I'm a little bit of a 
dinosaur Anywhere, really um apple podcast and, google podcast spotify stitcher chartable acast the list is huge it's endless there we go you see i'm just stuck to spotify and and, <laughs> and apple podcast you can buy benedict o'caffrey sherlock who on amazon you can download it to kindle or you can buy the book so if you want to read it ahead of the next episode and then send us your reviews or your comments to contact us at beerbooks.co.uk by all means do that we will include the best of the best in the episode if you want to be involved and read the books along with us use us like a book club share your views and opinions send either an audio clip in an mp3 format or an email or both because the audio clip will have to be attached to an email to contact us at bearbooks.co.uk if on the other hand you happen to be an author that has just finished your latest masterpiece and want that reviewed on a future episode of Bear Books podcast, then send it to us via email at submissions at bearbooks.co.uk. And now that you've found us, why don't you subscribe? You'll find the podcast in all the usual places where you find all your podcasts. Share, share, share. Also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All this information will be in the show notes. We are April Berry and Daisy Ray from the Bear Books Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>